0: Last week, the PGA Tour announced its plan to merge with its rival, Live Golf. Now, this move came out of the blue, and it comes in the wake of a lot of legal action and bad blood between the two organizations. Now, Live is backed by the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. That's a $600 billion sovereign wealth fund controlled by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, a controversial figure to say the least. And this fund will be the exclusive investor in this new golf entity. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying these three words. They bought golf. Andrew Brandt is the executive director of the Morad Center for the study of sports law at Villanova Law School. He says that through the public investment fund, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is trying to diversify its assets outside of oil. Sports is a feel good thing for a lot of people.
1: And there's an interest from their leadership in sports, there's an interest from
0: sports properties because they're always looking for investment i'm matt leon and today on kyw news radio in depth we talk about what this merger means for the future of not just golf but also other sports leagues and organizations so to start this pgi live merger it seems to me this was always going to be the end game it was just a matter of when and what it looked like or am i naive
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. A lot of people thought this would continue for a long time because you had these two warring sides that were never going to work together. I kind of said at the start, Matt, that I thought the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan would be better served working with Tour rather than against them. That flew in the face of what they were thinking. They're like, these people are competitors. They're coming after our golfers. We're trying to enforce our rules. We're trying to be the legacy tour we don't want golfers defecting they were always antagonistic and it never did work out where they were going to be propocetic with each other they're going to be friendly until this bombshell news of last week i'll just say it up front the thing that's so different about this than any other potential sports merger in the history of sports is the antagonistic league had unlimited funds i mean Name any upstart league entity in sports that you can think of, that anyone listening can think of. This is different. They have had more money than the legacy entity. That is extraordinary. We've never seen that in sports. Obviously, people in business can do their own metaphors, but we've never seen that. So that's really the first thing I want to say. This all happened because we had a competitor with literally... Unlimited funds:
0: One of the things I think that made the PGA just look so bad is when the competition started, when Liv started poaching golfers, there was a lot of talk of loyalty, there was a lot of talk of utilizing 9/11, and do you really want to go over and, you know, play for this tour funded by the Saudi government? And then, all of a sudden, like this deal comes out of nowhere and it just makes a lot of people look really bad, really cynical Would the PGA have been better served to kind of keep their powder dry at the outset with, with that, because it, it really, I mean, some of the things they, way they position themselves and then to go back on them, it's pretty gross.
1: Yeah. That's why the stunning news of last week with the merger or acquisition, we can talk about the actual working of that, but that's why it's so stunning. There was such an antagonistic stance taken by Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour that it's really stunning that they've come together like this. And there's some business angles to this. It's not just the moral angle. They were antagonistic in ways that were going to be the focus of an antitrust lawsuit, which may have been one of the key factors why they ended up merging. There were allegations from the LIV side, obviously, that the PGA were not only tried to have its golfers not defect, but we're trying to have sponsors not defect. We're trying to have venues not defect. And most importantly, we're making sure that TV and media networks did not defect and go to the other side. So one of the reasons I really think this merger happened is we were getting ready for something in legal terms called discovery. This was a long antitrust suit back and forth, countersuit by Live Tour, countersuit by PGA Tour, headed towards trial at the earliest in a year, and there was going to be a lot of discovery. And discovery would be maybe some unflattering things coming out about the Live Tour, but more importantly, some unflattering things coming about the PGA Tour, such as, did they restrict golfers? Did they restrict sponsors? Did they restrict TV networks? Did they restrict venues? And most importantly, did they restrict Live from doing business simply because whatever that they're Saudi that that they don't want another competitor out there that wouldn't have been pretty. And what also was going to come out in Discovery is in response to the Live Tour, what the PGA did was they raised their purses. Some of these purses went to twenty million dollars, which had been way below that before that. So if I'm a lawyer for the Live Tour, I'm going to say, where was that money? Where did you magically find these twenty million dollar purses? Because what the Live Tour did was great for PGA golfers. It raised the stakes. It required them to spend more money on the players. Because otherwise, the players had more reason to, quote-unquote, defect. So I think this is something that gets down to a lawsuit, that gets down to terms. And in the dark corners of negotiations over the past couple of weeks, it seemed like everyone realized that.
0: So if I'm understanding this, this merger, the new entity, whatever you know, when it all shakes out, it's going to be funded by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. So is this really a partnership? Because it seems to me, if one side's signing the checks, that's the side that makes the decisions. Am I not reading this properly? You know,
1: Matt, we haven't heard a lot about the specifics of the deal. But one thing that did come out over the last week, which is the most striking thing to me about the deal, as you mentioned, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia with total assets ranging between 600 and $700 billion is the sole investor, I repeat, sole S-O-L-E investor in this yet to be named entity that will merge the Live Tour, the PGA Tour, and the DP World Tour. They're the sole investor and they have a right at first refusal for any new investor. So I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying these three words. They bought golf. They bought golf. The Saudi Public Investment Fund bought golf. Jimmy Dunn, who's one of the PGA Tour board members and others have come out and said, no, we have control and Jay Monahan's still commissioner or or whatever he is, CEO. And there's going to be people on the board determined by Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour. But I think everyone knows out there that in the words of Logan Roy from Succession, money wins. So the PGA Tour can claim control, but money wins. So yes, they own the tour. And when you're sole investor and write a first refusal over other investors, that's control in itself. That's monetary control. So again, I think they've kind of not only got their toehold in golf, but they own it. And we don't know what this tour is going to be called. We do know this, that LIV tour is going to play out 2023 and the PGA tour is going to play out 2023. I don't know. If it's going to happen next month, but at some point we're going to see this merged or yet to be named.
0: I think a lot of your casual sports fans or your non-sports fans who just, you know, maybe get the headlines or get a two or three minute update might think this is completely out of left field. Saudi Arabia why would, why is the government in sports? That doesn't make any sense, but this is nothing new. They are in formula one racing. They're in the English premier league. This is huge from an American standpoint, but this seems to me just the next step up the ladder for them. No,
1: I do believe that. I do believe this, this golf investment is going to start something before we get to the future. You mentioned the past for people that don't know the Saudi public investment fund is a sovereign wealth fund. And, What they've been trying to do, as any fund tries to do, is diversify their portfolio. Portfolio has primarily been the three-letter word that we all associate with Saudi Arabia, oil and gas. And oil is something that obviously is extremely lucrative for that government. But in their diversification, they look at sports. And they've invested, as you mentioned, in Formula One racing. They've invested in the English Premier League, Newcastle United. There's Middle Eastern ownership of Man City that just won the Champions Cup on Saturday. They obviously have brought over Cristiano Ronaldo to one of their soccer teams, paying him, who knows, $200 million a year. They offered Messi even a bigger deal. Messi, though, is not totally... Uh, Moral ground in turning his attention to Miami. Messi has done promotional stuff for Saudi Arabia as they try to get the 2030 World Cup. And by the way, the 2022 World Cup was in Qatar. So this has been happening, not only with Saudi money, but
0: all their Mid- mid-eastern money. And the key question is now what? We need to take a break. We will have more with Andrew Brandt right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Andrew Brandt, Executive Director of the Morad Center for the Study of Sports Law at Villanova Law School. I have to believe that one of the next steps in the big picture for the Saudi organization or the Saudi fund is one of the four major sports. It's probably going to be easier than you think because there are teams are so expensive now in these major sports, there are only so many people, so many organizations that can get involved. That's why you see the Sixers owner Josh Harris is in three different leagues. It is gonna be way easier for the this fund to to buy a team than it might be for even a billionaire, no?
1: Yeah. I think there's two reasons why this is not the end but the start of investment in American sports and the core four of of hockey, baseball, basketball and football. Number one there's a little bit more credibility. There's a little bit more credence. There's a little bit more believability in Saudi investment in sports with this toe holding golf. Credibility might be too strong a word, Matt, but now it's a little bit desensitized, right? We can all say, okay, 9 11, Saudi and Khashoggi and all that, but this desensitizes it. We can call it sports washing. I think desensitizes a little better word that. Oh, yeah, they did some bad things, but yeah, they're in sports, right? They're in sports. So now when the NHL, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball is approached, it's not the same as it was last week because now they have golf and golf is this legacy sport and it's traditional and it's old and it's established and okay, yeah, if they're in golf, yeah, okay. The bigger reason is what you mentioned and what I've written about and talked about repeatedly over the last week, the price of entry in in American sports leagues is astronomical and it keeps going up. These franchise values are skyrocketing. And as I said, as you mentioned, there's a cadre of multi-billionaires, but there are only so many of them. You know, we just had the Walton family buy into the Denver Broncos. We've had Jeff Bezos buy into into Thursday Night Football, whether he owns a team or not, we'll see. Steve Ballmer, the Microsoft boss, owns the L.A. Clippers. There's only so many of these people. And the idea of individuals putting up these kinds of funds is going to run out. So where are you going to go to seek money? Well, private equity, but sovereign wealth funds. Listen, you mentioned Josh Harris. Philadelphia fans obviously know him as the owner of the Sixers. He also owns the Devils. So that's a pretty good resume to bring to the NFL. But he is having problems putting together a $6.5 financing. And this is for a guy that owns teams in two other leagues. I am from Washington, D.C. I know people with means there that have been approached by the Josh Harris group to invest. And the guy said to me in so many words, he said, Andrew, they want like $50 million, and all I get is good tickets. Like... <laughs> Basically, what do I get for fifty million? I'm like, yeah, that's about right. And I said, well, if you give a hundred million, maybe you get Super Bowl tickets too. I mean, it's like, okay, this is the price people are paying now. They're just a, this is extraordinary money. I mean, people think oh, billions, these billionaires. No, they don't have this money sitting around. And this is where you're going to need institutional money. The NBA has now allowed institutional money, private equity. NHL has, Major League Baseball does. The only one that doesn't is the NFL. And the NBA also allows sovereign wealth funds just not to be majority owners. So they now have an allowance for the PIF to get into basketball. I think the NBA is the next target. And again, it's not going to be a Saudi person sitting at the table in an owner's meeting. But it could be Saudi money supporting that owner. And I think people have to understand what investment means.
0: Specifically, getting back to the to the golf, there were so many people that were outspoken when I say, I mean, people on the tour, you know, that I think feel betrayed now. Do you think anything will come to that of anybody standing up and say, I'm done Or I'm just going to go tour on my own and maybe try to, I've seen some people talk about, you know, some high profile people. Maybe they take three or four of them and just do their own little, they go from course to course and play each other and, you know, stuff like that. Is that realistic or do you think at the end of the day, this new entity is where it's at, it's where the lights are, it's where the money is, and everyone will eventually fall in line?
1: Yeah, I mean, they were they were ripe for challenge, the the golf tour, because unlike basketball, football, baseball, hockey, they're independent contractors, and they could sign with whoever, and they signed with Liv. And I think what we saw last week was kind of victory laps by Brooks Kepka and others saying, hey, we told you, you know, <laughs> so you tried to keep us out, now we're coming back. But on the other side, we're seeing... A lot of uh, noise out there from the PGA that these players like Kepka and DeShambeau and Dustin Johnson will have to somehow pay a penalty to get back into this new tour. I don't know if that's going to work. Now we're talking about more lawsuits and lawyers and things like that. On the other side is the bigger question, the Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Now, no one's ever going to feel sorry for those guys in terms of their money, but they turned down not tens, but hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions. And they have to be looking at the PGA Tour, which, as you said, denounced everything about it and looking themselves in the mirror at 9-11 and say, what the F? Like, what what happened here? And I think I even saw a quote from John Rahm today that said, we felt betrayed. We feel betrayed. So now I think that's off the table, what you suggested, which is breaking off to their own thing because I think it's all going to be merged and the money's going to be there because we'll get back to our original point. The public investment fund seems to have unlimited resources, but it does bring up the idea that this could happen. Tennis would be a target here. They're independent contractors. You know, take the top 50 tennis players on a tour with extraordinary money. And then, you know, you think about basketball, the problem is these guys got to be free agents. But instead of go back 10 years, instead of LeBron and Dwayne Wade deciding to go to Miami Heat, what if they decided to go to Saudi Arabia, you know, and make 200 million each? These things could happen. You know, it's like you can't put it past anything right now. We have seen that when someone comes in with these kind of resources, who knows what's next?
0: You mentioned earlier the word desensitized. And I'm curious, from a Saudi Arabia standpoint, the goal here isn't financial. It's more political. It's more to become more mainstream and to be more front-facing. And they think that will open more doors in the big picture. Their main goal is to just become more mainstream, to allow them to get involved in more things, no? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think they want to diversify out of oil, Sports is a feel-good thing for a lot of people, and there's an interest from their leadership in sports, there's an interest from sports properties, because they're always looking for investment. I think we're we're going to get past the moral high ground here. I do. And it's so ironic, because here we are recording the NHL champion, Stanley Cup champion, was crowned last night in Las Vegas with the Las Vegas Golden Knights and like five years ago, we would have never thought a team would be in Vegas. We would have never celebrated Vegas. It was taboo, it was gambling. We never thought about that. We became immediately desensitized to gambling almost overnight in 2018. And here we are where Vegas winning a championship is like, okay, yeah, sure. I think we're gonna get there with Saudi investment. We have a tiny bit of it, more of it this week than last week. Because as I keep saying, they bought golf, EPL, Formula One, Man City, Newcastle United. It's coming. It's coming. And I don't think an owner that sells out to Saudi money is going to be looked askance anymore. I don't think so.
0: Do you see, because as we're recording this, I think news broke a few hours before that uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal wants to look at this merger. Is there really anything here? Or is this showboating? You know, they just want to act like they're doing their due diligence because I, I'm not a lawyer. So is there much here they can do? Or is this just making sure that everybody knows that they maybe aren't comfortable with this and want to take a hard look at it?
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I think that the, the lawsuits that's going away as part of this merger Everyone breathed a sigh of relief, I think, of the PGA Tour and the Lyft that, oh, good, we don't have to have Discovery. We do have to give over all these documents. We have to give over all these emails, texts, communications. Well, not so fast, because <laughs> Congress entered the chat, and they're asking in the letter from Richard Blumenthal, Senator of Connecticut, to Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour Commissioner, asking for all that stuff that would be in Discovery. And they want it by June 26, and they want it to the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, and you can't say no to Congress. So now the PGA Tour lawyers are gonna have to off this all up, sift through thousands of documents and communications and emails and texts, and here we go. I thought the inquiry would be, and it still may be, FTC, you talk about competition, it just went away. Like, there's no competition in golf anymore, it's gone.